Hello from elsewhere, I'm Casey. And I'm Valerie. And in this episode, we'll be discussing the various orders in which to watch the Star Wars series. Casey, the way that you said hello from elsewhere, it sounded a little Obi-Wan. Did it? Yeah. Hello there from elsewhere. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That was not intentional. Maybe it's because my Obi-Wan sounds a little bit like a beetle that has a head cold. Mm. And so I still have have a bit of a a throat issue that has not gone away that maybe maybe it just kind of came out that way. But uh, that's okay. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm just (laughs) turning into him. With this episode all about which order to watch Star Wars. But before we get into that, Casey, I have something to discuss with you. Okay. Discuss or like just like a story? A story. A debate or... A story about how our children are weird. (laughs) So, I mean, our kids are big Star Wars fans, and it's not uncommon for them to, you know, play Star Wars things, but I felt like this took their acting to a new level. Our three-year-old daughter, she... We have this, um, like a tunnel that you... It's like made out of fabric. Yes, fabric and wire, so it like can... Extend and they can crawl through it. Extend and crawl through it. It's like six feet long. Anyways, and then it can like fold up flat. Um, But our kids love playing in it, but... our daughter figured out that if she puts it on, that she can like wave her body around. Right. So it's like vertical. It's yes. Because it, it's normally Flat horizontal on, yes. on, the, on the floor, but she's standing in the the, the tunnel. Right. Making vertical. it stand up really tall. So she then waves around, almost like one of those um car wash or like yeah. Those. Is it a car wash floaty guy or is it a car dealership? Whatever. Right. Right. Anyway, one of those floaty guys. It kind of looks like that, but she pretends to be Lady Proxima from solo right the white worm creature lady at the beginning of solo yes and uh and then our son pretends to be han and so she even has like this voice that she puts on and she goes that's a rock <laughs> and you made a clicking sound with, with your, your mouth, mouth. <laughs> and then our son is like no it's not <laughs> we'll have to get it on video because it's um i haven't well i've heard her her proxima voice i haven't yes. seen the whole production with the tunnel mm-hmm. though yeah, so I just fantastic. walked in one day and I was trying to figure out what they were doing. And then when she quoted that part, I was that's like, oh, <laughs> she's being Lady Proxima. <laughs> that's amazing. So <laughs> taking their Star Wars acting to new heights. So Valerie, I have an all important question. Who is the best droid in all of Star Wars? This is a very important question. It's a hard question because there are a lot of good droids. They're also good. I'm I am a big uh, fan of of most droids and so this is a hard one what do they call that a lover of droids is that like a droidophile yeah i I would say that yeah so i'm gonna have to go with chopper chopper yeah i really like chopper i think he's funny he's kind of violent he is mean (laughs) he is mean in the funniest possible way and he's like those people who are really sarcastic that's chopper even though he never says anything he's just sarcastic and kind of bitter little droid that i love i think belligerent is another word that Mm. would describe him yes and also like he loves to i mean you said violent like he loves to attack the imperial droids Almost yes. every episode, it seems like. He's like pushing them down things and zapping them often. Chopper's a fantastic droid. He's one that when I'm thinking of my favorite droids, for some reason I forget about him. But then every time we watch Rebels, I'm like, no, wait. Chopper is one of my favorite droids. Why do I keep forgetting about him? Chopper is amazing. For me, it's another astromech, but it's the, the OG R2-D2. For me, R2-D2 is the hero of the entire Star Wars saga. There's always the... Is he the narrator? Yeah, there's always the theory out there that he's the narrator of the stories, that he's the one telling them, which I I think is true. I believe that. And in in which 
case, is he making himself out to be more of a hero than the true, so-called true story of Star Wars would be? He's our unreliable narrator. Right, exactly. But no, R2-D2 saves everyone in every single episode. He's, He's always, always saving the day. But is he too perfect? Like, mm. he never fails a mission. He always saves the day. That's not true. I mean, he well, he always saves the day, but, like, he goes through struggles. He gets swallowed by a swamp monster and gets all gross, and um, he gets shot in Return of the Jedi, or he shot, gets shocked in Return of the Jedi, and all of his tools are going haywire. There's that one time where he starts to plug into an outlet when before realizing it's a power socket and not the terminal. Um, um, so true. he can be a little bit forgetful a little bit or okay. he trusted C-3PO too much in I'm that case. I'm just not a fan of perfect characters, be they robot or not. But that's the thing I love about the Star Wars droids is how like they're all imperfect. They're not yeah, very they robot-like. Feel, it's true. They feel you know? far more yeah personified. Because C-3PO is far from perfect. He yes. This morning, our son, I was asking him who he thought the best droid was. And he, as he's wont to do, rather than give me the positive answer, he went straight to the negative answer and said, well, it's not C-3PO because he's pretty grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Which of all the droids that our son is most like? Well, I was going to say, growing up, C-3PO. I really did not like C-3PO. And I still don't really love him. But it was at a point when I realized that I kind of am C-3PO in some ways. Mm. I've got a nervous energy. And especially if you know me well, I've got a nervous energy. Things are supposed to be in a specific order, so, which our son is like that too. Like uncomfortable if things are out of order. Yeah, he's or like me place, and I'm or... like 3 p Like we're, we're all yeah. the same. And um, it's like those characters that if there's a character that's too much like you, you just don't like them. Or a person in real life that you clash with and then you realize, oh, it's because... They're just like me. Right. I'm a, I'm a, I've got a bit of a 3PO streak in me, I think. And sp- well, speaking of uh, other people's opinions on this question, I have some other um, some answers from other people. Sarah said Chopper as well. We got a few R2-D2s. Matt said R2-D2. Emily said R2-D2. K2SO. That's one of my... He's probably my second favorite droid. Yeah, K2SO is definitely um, in the running for me as well. We got BB-8 from Rachel. Nate said Droidicas or B2 Super Battle Droids are presenting the prequels there. We got, did I say IG-88? IG-88 from Casey. Uh, Someone said Mouse Droids. Lindsay said Mouse Droids, which they're like the carrier pigeons on the Death Star. Um, And we also got two Gonk Droids, which is wonderful. Ethan Edgehill and Rupert both said Gonk Droids, which are just those trash cans with legs. But they're, (laughs) or like mini fridges. They're classic. Yeah. All right. Get into it. Yeah. What is the best order to watch Star Wars? That's the question of the day. Well, so we had a a neighbor that was talking to us the other day, and she started the the sentence with, I feel like I have to apologize, but um, I've never seen Star Wars, which is just a funny sentence to me that (laughs) someone feels the need to apologize. And um, don't apologize for that. (laughs) Like, it's okay if you haven't seen Star Wars. It's We all have things that we haven't seen. And I'm a recent fan. It's only been the last few years. Right. And I just think there's been too much gatekeeping of the fandom in Star Wars. And and other other fandoms have had this problem as well there's this idea that you need to be a true fan which is i mean how do you even judge that like i hate that phrase so much like there are a few phrases in our language that i despise and that is one of them is the the idea of a true fan i don't think there's such a thing and it upsets me when people use that phrase i i think that star wars is for everyone if you've you know if you watched it when it first came out in 1977 awesome if you watch it for the first time today and love it, awesome. I think that to be a fan, like my definition of what a fan is, is super broad. It's just, if you like it, you're a fan. It's self-definitional. Like if you think I'm a fan of this thing, then it's true. You're a fan of that thing. I agree. Like there are different ways to engage with it. You know, you can cosplay, you can collect merchandise, or if none of those things 
are for you than just experiencing it, consuming it, then that's enough. I mean, I watched the movies with you and with our kids for a few years and I liked them, but it wasn't until I saw Rogue One that I was like, okay, I'm a Star Wars fan. These are getting really good to me. I feel like I liked the old movies, but I don't know, they didn't... I didn't connect with them as much as some of the newer ones. Right. And I know quite a few people that are that way that, um, I mean, the Disney era of Star Wars has got a lot of flack from some uh, subsets of the fandom, but there, I know a lot of people that are new fans because of them. And I think that's awesome. And I love talking to them. I think everyone brings their own unique perspective on, on discussions about it. And anyways, I, I just, I really think Star Wars is for everyone. Star Wars is for for men, women, for people of color, for LGBTQ people, like if you want to be a fan of Star Wars, it's okay. And if someone tells you that you can't because of some demographic or some part of your identity or personality, then they're wrong and you can be a fan. And if you have no one to talk about it with, talk to us because we like people to talk about Star Wars with. So We're always talking about Star Wars. Yeah. Every meal. What should we talk? Our, our six-year-old son asks, what should we talk about tonight? How about Star How about Wars? Star Wars? He <laughs> like asks time. that he wants to talk about Star Wars and it's... It's yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. But sorry about that rant. But that's sort of where it started. That that uh, she felt the need to apologize because she knew that we had a podcast and that we talk and about Star Wars a lot. Wars. But like, um, just because we love it doesn't mean you have to. Yeah, I've, I'm never gonna like if someone says they've never seen Star Wars, I'm not gonna shame them. Like I just get excited because that means they're gonna experience it for the first time, which is really exciting. And that was her next question. She was like, "Well, where do I start? Where do I start? Yeah, and that's." Which um, is hard. I mean, how many movies are there now, Casey? Right. It's not exactly accessible. There's there's 10 films. There's 13 if you count uh, the Clone Wars animated theatrical release and the two Ewok adventure movies. So there's a <laughs> lot of Star Wars and it, it can be daunting if you're just starting like because of the order and the years and it's, I don't know, it's not confusing, right? Four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, Rogue One, eight, Solo. That's not confusing at all. (laughs) Well, and if you should even watch it that way, because there are different ways to watch it. Right, exactly. But uh, yeah, if you're looking at the chronological um, or the release order, it can be very scary. So that's why I wanted to do this. We want to talk about how to start, where to start with Star Wars. And there's different options for different people, I think. So which one should we start with? Let's start chronological, meaning... You go in the order that they would take place in in the Star Wars universe. Right. So the, like the timeline order. Yes. This means starting with episode one, then two, then three. And then it can, even this can get confusing because it's like, where's Solo? Where's Rogue One? Where do they take place? So Solo um, is a few years before A New Hope. So Solo would be after three. So yeah, one, two, three, Solo. Then Rogue One because it ends right at the beginning of A New Hope. Like they're touching each other essentially. So then Rogue One, then A New Hope, then Empire Which is- Four. Which is four. Um, well, and it gets more confusing because it wasn't released that way. It was released as just Star Wars. Oh, true. It wasn't until later that they added the subtitle. Okay, so New Hope. Mm, but yes, A New Hope. Um, then Empire Strikes Back, which is five. Then Return of the Jedi, which is six. Then Force Awakens, which is seven. Then The Last Jedi, which is eight. And then, of course, we have The Rise of Skywalker coming this year, which is another reason we wanted to do this is because we have if the If you last... want to catch up, you still have a few months. You right. could watch them all before exactly. then. Exactly. Binge them. And we have, the, yeah, we have the last film in the Skywalker saga. There's going to be other trilogies coming, but uh, especially with Disney Plus on the horizon and they're going to have the Star Wars movies on there. It's and like, Star Wars shows. So yeah, exactly. The TV shows. So that is chronological order. So for each of these, we'll just talk about the pros and cons. So what are the pros of watching in chronological order i feel like if you get easily confused then you could start in chronological order and follow things pretty nicely like it's you know cohesive you know it makes sense you can just carry it through watch them all which is very nice because otherwise it does get pretty tangled up yeah exactly i mean you're going in the order of 
of time. So it definitely is a very logical way of watching it. If you're a person the who most logical. If you're a person who watches other movies and hates a flashback because it like throws you off and you can't tell what time it right. is now. If you've seen Dunkirk and that drove you nuts, <laughs> then maybe this is the order for you. Exactly. That's a good point. This is also the order that George Lucas intended. If you're interested in like authorial intent, then uh, this is the 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 best order according to George Lucas. And I think even Lucasfilm probably promotes this order of really. Chronological. I didn't know I think, that. I'm not. I I can't be sure for that. But, but George Lucas for but, sure. Um, my guess is yeah. My guess is Lucasfilm says this because of George Lucas, and they're so just honoring that. Even though one two three came later, he thinks you should watch one two three first. Yeah, without getting like too crazy in depth here. You know, Star Wars was made 1977. It was just called Star Wars. There was no necessarily a hope for sequels. Sequels weren't a thing in the 70s 80, and 80s. Um, well, they were, but they weren't good. Like there was no, never an expectation that it was going to be good. So Empire Strikes Back was even then a pretty big risk. Um, and then he later went and, and numbered them and with the idea that, well, it was supposed to feel like old serial, um, like Flash Gordon type stuff. And then later he decided he was going to go back. And also part of it was the technology, the the CGI and um, the digital capabilities were better in the late 90s and early 1000s that he could moralize like his vision of things. And I think he felt like the story of the prequels was um, better suited for that. So I don't know if that answered your question or if I got way too far in there. But That's interesting because we just barely rewatched uh, 1, 2, and 3 because I had only seen them once before when we were first dating. Casey doesn't love them as much as the others, so they just don't get watched and replayed in our home as much. Right, and and for the record, I don't hate the prequels like at all. I think there's a lot of great things of value there. Just of all the Star Wars movies, they're they're lesser favorites. Um, I do still really love, really love Revenge of the Sith. Like this time rewatching it because it had been a few years since I'd watched Revenge of the Sith, and I actually really really loved it again this time. And but yeah, just I want to put that out there. Like this isn't the we're not going to be sitting here bashing the prequels. I know people that legitimately love them um and i do think there's a lot of value in them and anyways i totally got a soft track there sorry (laughs) what were you saying (laughs) um but just that oh that you were saying that george lucas thought that you know with the technology advance he could do things better in one two and three but i felt like a lot of parts didn't age well because you know it's already been what how many years now 10 so phantom menace came out 99 so that was um 20 years ago this year 20 years ago this year's the 20th anniversary of phantom menace so 20 years ago, and so because they used like this new technology, the CGI and stuff, I feel like some of that looked more dated than the original 456 where they had used models and things that just photographed better. Yeah, what's interesting is the prequels actually used a lot of miniature, um, but a lot of the problems that you're talking about, like of things feeling dated, is just that, that blending of the digital with the real, whether it's real people or real models. Okay. Um, I think that aspect of it hasn't aged super well. And I mean, let's be honest, most movies from the late 90s and early 1000s, which was like the, there's just an overabundance of the use of CGI. That's where it's yes. really getting like its legs. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of movies from that era don't look super great um, in that way. Until you get to Lord of the Rings where they went back. Yeah, because Lord of the Rings, I mean, Lord of the Rings was super practical, which is yeah. very interesting because it was coming out close to around the same time. Mm-hmm. And then its issues of CGI came more with The Hobbit series which is very interesting to think about that way but yeah and and although it might look super dated we can't downplay the impact that the prequels had on digital cinema revenge of the sith was the first film i believe that was shot entirely on digital which is most films are shot entirely digitally now Um, most aren't shot on film and so there's that jar jar binks was was a 
a big deal like in terms of motion capture not really motion capture but just like a, a fully cgi character that like had a personality a lot of people talk about Gollum, which was a big step but uh jar jar binks really came before that now that we've talked more about the uh, prequels there <laughs> yeah now we can <laughs> we'll get back to our so we've talked about some of the pros of watching them in chronological order yeah any more that we can think of i really feel like the big one is just and cohesive yeah and it's like, the most logical although oh one pro we were talking about how rogue one comes right before a new hope i do feel like watching those two in order is really cool yes i agree like when before rogue one came out i remember saying to you like my one hope for rogue one was just that it could somehow make a new hope feel more meaningful even and i think at least for me it definitely does oh, absolutely i guess we're kind of talking to people who might not have seen star wars yet so that's the hard part about this is like <laughs> It's a little spoilery. Yeah. Not too bad. If they've never seen it, they will forget most of what we've said when they go to watch It'll the all just 13 different movies anyway. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that is a pro. Like those two leading up together are really great. But the big con is you miss the twist. The massive twist of which is so interesting because everybody knows this these days. Even if you haven't seen Star Wars, you know Darth Vader is Luke's father. Like it's kind of common knowledge. So I guess it doesn't really hurt to watch one, two, three first. But when you do it, like with the original movies, the way they came out, four, five, six, um, you would learn that Luke or that, you know, Darth Vader is Luke's father and then go back and, you know, and then see how Darth Vader becomes who he is. Right. Like you said, at this point, most everyone, um, if not everyone, knows that Darth Vader is Luke's dad. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know if that twist... What's your Star Wars book? And it talks about oh, even the Native American... You know, you'd have to go like... Yeah, so... Really, we're talking about like, oh, like the, the Navajo, Navajo... Yeah, the Navajo Reservation. Had a, yeah. um, had a translation of Star Wars and a showing of Star Wars. But even most of the Navajo Nation people knew about Star Wars and they knew that Darth Vader was Luke's dad. Um, There's just like one of the elders that didn't know any of this, what this was about. But uh, so, yeah, you're hard pressed to find anyone that doesn't at least have some cursory knowledge of Star Wars and its vocabulary. What's the name of that book? Twists. And uh, it's called How Star Wars Conquered the Universe. It's fantastic. I love it. If you're looking for any like behind the scenes um, cultural impact type book about Star Wars, it's it's awesome. When it first was published the disney acquisition had just happened so it the last chapter is talking about like the promise of the future looking toward like the force awakens uh, i don't think a new edition has been published because one should because a ton of interesting stuff has happened since the disney acquisition um but yeah back to the darth vader thing it is a con that you're missing the twist and and maybe for younger kids that don't have that knowledge that would be important I think if you're someone who's a little bit older and you are realize that that twist is coming, yeah, I don't know if it really matters. I think at this point it's gone from being like the, so there's different kinds of irony in fiction. Like there's situational irony, which is something unexpected, which it kind of was like no one expected that Darth Vader was Luke's dad. And at this point, it's almost like dramatic irony, like the audience, which means the audience knows what's happening, but the character doesn't. So the way we watch it now is that irony of knowing that, that Darth Vader is Luke's dad, but Luke doesn't know. Um, Interesting that just our culture has changed the type of irony there. <laughs> right, exactly. So so yeah, that one is is kind of a con, but with some some caveats, I think. On the other hand, I feel like if you start with the prequels, they're definitely not my favorites. And I think a lot of people, they're not their favorites. So if you start with those, you might think, eh, I don't want to see the rest. Especially if you do agree that they feel a little bit dated then it might be tricky i think that the original trilogy is 
a little bit dated in like the pacing of things. It doesn't feel like a modern movie in that way, but you're still swept up in the story and the feel of things because of the practicality of it. So it's just one thing to consider. Uh, it depends on your sort of your sensibilities and how you feel about the prequels. And, and I also think you kind of get a sort of like a bit of whiplash, so to speak, if you're going in chronological order. By that, I mean like you start with the prequels, which were made in the early thousands. So from 1999 to 2005, and they're very much set in that era. And then you jump to Solo, which was made in 2000, which came out in 2018. Um, that's a huge gap. And then right after that, you jump to 2016 with Rogue One. And then you jump back to all the way back to 77. And so I think it's not a big deal if you've already seen Star Wars to watch it in that order. But if you've never seen it, it is going to be kind of shocking the the back and forth of the different filmmaking techniques and technologies and what was available at the time they were made. Yeah, it's true. They're definitely, you know, different qualities and different pacing and different, each film is, or at least each group of films is so different from each other that it feels a little jarring when you watch them that way. I do think one other pro that I just thought of is just watching Return of the Jedi and then Force Awakens, I think is really cool to just um, like see those older characters that have grown up a little bit, whereas... Um, the other orders, you might not get that. So that's really cool. And the sort of slight tonal shift doesn't matter as much because it's been like, you know, 30 years between Return of the Jedi and, and The Force Awakens. So I think it works right. in that gap. I think that's a pro to this order. All right. Next order, the release date order. So the days on which they were released. Right. So this is the <laughs> slightly confusing one I mentioned before. Four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, Rogue One, Last Jedi, Solo. So what are some of the pros in watching them in the order in which they were filmed and released? We talked about how you can be a fan in any way, but I do feel like you get more of the original fan experience if you start four, five, six, you know, if you, mm -hmm. if you do them in release date order. So I think you experience it the same way as a lot of other fans, which isn't necessarily good or bad. That's totally up to you. You can experience them however you want. Um, but it does give you that same experience. Yeah. And and this is the order in which I watched it. And so I have like an affinity to this, but I also want to be open-minded to other orders. But, uh, but yeah, I grew up not in, I didn't see it in the theaters, but uh, I grew up in the VHS era. And so I'd watched it four, five, six, you know, anticipated and waited for episode one to come out and then episode two, then episode three. And then, you know, the years between waiting for The Force Awakens and, and so on. So this is definitely the order I watched it. And it's probably the order you watched it because when... Yeah, that's the way you showed them to me. When we first... <laughs> yeah, that's probably the order that I would have suggested because yeah, um, I had, although I so, liked the prequels, it was like I loved, loved the original trilogy. And so that was... Right. You shared uh, your favorites first. And so when we were dating, was that nine years ago? Yeah, I was like, well, I've never seen Star Wars. And you were like, well, we should watch those. You weren't pushy about it. Would it have been a deal breaker for if I was like, I hate these movies? No, <laughs> it, it really wouldn't have. Like, I feel like it would be more annoying for you than for me because of like... That's true. Because like our, our house is now, like covered in is, Star Wars stuff and our a, children yeah. are quoting them all the time. Star Wars is just a part of like my family culture and and it's part of our Casey, family culture now, now i'm paranoid so. has this been like stockholm syndrome all these have years I brainwashed you <laughs> you and the children <laughs> no i haven't because you know i showed them to you and you liked them i yeah, think I unless you were lying to me and just wanted to keep and you were worried Impress that it was you. a deal breaker and you then, know i knew they were important to you but i don't think i put on any airs about my uh, love for them okay because i was like no i like them but then i remember when we watched the uh, prequels i was like eh they're okay. Yeah, and I didn't think that you like, you know, you weren't like shouting like that was the greatest thing ever. Like I never no. felt like 
you were in love with them and I, that was never a, a problem but uh, yeah, our life is very much Star Wars, Star Wars centered. meshed in Star Wars. <laughs> and so I think it would have been more annoying if, for, on, from your perspective if, if you didn't like Star Wars. So. I think if, even if I didn't like Star Wars at this point in my life, I have so much Star Wars knowledge just from being surrounded by just it on by the daily. Osmosis, you know? Yeah, exactly. That would be really annoying if you like hate it, but it's so a it's part like of if you. If you hated Max <laughs> Rebo, but you know who Max Rebo is, that would be very sad. So, um, one of the pros for release order is that you you don't get that whiplash I talked about um, in like chronological order. So you get you know the seventies and eighties filmmaking, and then um, I guess you kind of do get that whiplash, but it's not like the back and forth as much. Like it's still a a progression. Whereas with the chronological order, you're going from new to old, new to old, new to old. This one is just from old to a little bit newer, a little bit newer. Like, you know, it's it's more gradual. It's more progressive. Um, so it's not as... Right, upsetting. as far as the if the cinematic effects in the movies and right. things, you're kind of progressing along at a good pace. Another pro of watching them in release order is that you don't lose the impact of any of the twists. You find out Darth Vader is Luke's dad at the right point. You, I don't know, what are the other big twists? <laughs> well, like that Luke and Leia are oh, twins. right. Luke and Leia are brother and sister. That's another one that comes Which up later. I don't later. think it's anyone's favorite twist, so I don't know that you were like, is that big of a deal to preserve it? But I don't think people would have minded that twist if they hadn't ever kissed. That's true. You know, If they had always just been friendly, buddy-buddy, but you're not like, you know, trying to ship them, which, then it wouldn't have been a big deal. Which people did. Oh, I'm sure. During the A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back era, like, People totally shipped uh, Luke and Leia. And I mean, you can see why the movie presents it as a very shippable uh, relationship. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they back have this then, natural affinity for each other. There wasn't the internet, but, uh, you know, people talked and they had fan magazines. And, you know, there's ways that people engaged in that relationship. And, uh, and obviously I wasn't alive then, but this is all just from what I understand. As far as I know, people were pretty upset that that ship was just completely taken away with the twist in Return of the Jedi. And it did make it kind of gross. Not kind of gross. It is gross. And <laughs> I'm, the kind of is just because those characters didn't know about it. But um, from a filmmaking perspective, it is it is gross. So Just one kiss. Because they kiss in A New Hope for luck. You well, that's know, on the cheek. They go over the chasm, I guess. <laughs> That's fair. That's a different level. Yeah, but there's... Plus, a lot of families kiss on the lips. But there is, like, the love triangle in A New Hope with, like... Yeah, well, she just needs somebody to make Han jealous. And Luke's laying right there. Well, no, that's Empire Strikes Back. But I'm talking in A New Hope, like, in the cockpit, when Han is, like... Oh, do you think think the princess would ever go for a guy like me? princess is a guy like me, and Luke's like, no. No. (laughs) There's just that little little bit of Luke and Han banter going on Mm -hmm. there, and... uh, he could say that just as much to, you know, shut Han down as to... But the look on his face. It's true. Like, he likes he Leia. He seems like yeah. he likes Leia, yeah. This is why you don't separate twins at birth. <laughs> because they could end up together. Their natural chemistry <laughs> could be <laughs> could be wrongly uh, associated later in life. <laughs> Let's move on from <laughs> discussions of twins. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any other twists. Um, yeah, I think those are the major... The two big twists. I don't think there's a lot more that uh, isn't said already. So let's move on to the cons. One of the cons of watching it in release order, I think, is that the story is a little less cohesive than watching it in the logical, um, chronological order. So it might feel a little bit less accessible. There's also the con of, so if, if you're coming into this completely blind, I think it really depends on if you've watched a lot of older movies or not. 
Like if you've watched other movies from the 70s and even before that, then like the pacing of the old ones isn't going to bother you. But I've heard of a lot of people that have tried to watch and start with the original trilogy and they just can't do it. Like They're a lot slower. The irony is that some critics complained when A New Hope came out that the pacing was too fast. So <laughs> it just shows you how filmmaking has changed. I mean, yeah. there are no born movies, those original three. You're saying those are fast? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, like they, they, they do feel pretty slow compared to... I was just saying, yeah, compared to modern action films, they yeah feel very slow and even dated and even compared to star wars itself like the pacing of the prequels and especially with the disney era uh some of them have some slow moments too but yeah looking at cinema as a whole it definitely the pacing of things and and how things are edited has definitely changed from the from 1977 to today and so that may be that might be hard if if you're not used to that and you just jump right into a new hope I think no matter where you start there's always new introductions to new characters and new places and so many new things uh no matter which trilogy you start with um so i think you won't really be like too lost if that makes sense like each set is introducing a lot of new things so you're always immersed really well in a world but they're all gonna be new so that's fun no matter which order you watch them in agreed all right let's move on to possibly the most interesting which is the machete order as it's been called or the flashback order so where does the term machete come from um in relation to i think it's just because it's kind of cut up Okay. So the machete order is you watch four, then five, then you jump back to so one, two, So why do you watch three. four and five? So the whole purpose of the machete order is to, or at least the main purpose, is to preserve the Darth Vader twist. So that's the big pro of the machete order is you watch A New Hope, then Empire Strikes Back. And in Empire Strikes Back, you learn that Darth Vader is Luke's dad. And then you jump back like a flashback to one, two, three to sort of see how he became Darth Vader, which is a really cool idea. And some people say... You you know skip one because not a lot really happens in one which is kind of true but like if you're if you're doing this from a place of like real interest and really trying to get in i i'd say try them all before you decide if you like it or don't <laughs> you might not like phantom menace but a lot of people love phantom menace so i think it's worth a try and uh and then after one two three then you jump back to six to see sort of the conclusion of it the struggle of this one is that the machete order idea came out before before the Disney era, and so that kind of mm. muddies the waters a bit. Yes, because then where so. where would you add all? Where would you add Solo and Rogue One? That's the real question. Right, and I think Rogue One can fit in a little bit because we do get Darth Vader in there. Solo would feel really out of place just looking at like the arc of Anakin Skywalker. There's no Darth Vader or Anakin or even mention of him in there. And so where do you put Solo? Um, and then seven and eight do sort of mention Anakin and Darth Vader, but. Um, it might feel a little bit out of place there as well. So, Right. When you hear about Kylo Ren idol, I, idealizing Darth Vader, I think you need to know Darth Vader's story a bit. So I, I think with Disney, then it would go 4, 5, 1, 2, 3, Rogue One. Oh, yeah, that's hard. Maybe start with Rogue One. I'd say if you like... Yeah, this one's hard. <laughs> if you're already a fan of Star Wars... I think it's fun to then go back and watch them in this order. Yeah. And if... Well, what I was going to say, and maybe okay. that's true, but what I was going to say is that if you know you like Rogue One start there if you don't like rogue one you can skip it you'll be fine which sounds horrible because we both love rogue one but some people don't and that's okay so i would say start with rogue one then go four or five then jump back one two three then go six seven eight and then if you feel like watching solo watch it or solo can be a palate cleanser in between somewhere (laughs) (laughs) you're like i'm 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 loving the star wars world but i need a little bit of a break from anakin so i'm just gonna throw solo in there randomly somewhere I feel like Solo is only fun once you already know Han Solo's character. I feel like 
it's more fun to go back and see his origins than, than to, to start there. Than to mean? start mm-hmm. there, as far as his character is concerned. Yeah, solo it just in all these orders feels like an outlier, and I think it's because its connective tissue to everything else is the weakest. You know, yes. Rogue One has so many connections to A New Hope yeah. that it feels connected. That sentence was a tautology, but <laughs> I'm gonna stand by it. Um, yeah, Solo just feels like an outlier, and so it's tricky to know where to where to place Solo. So here's my thoughts. You want to hear how I think Star Wars should be watched? Well, do you have any other comments in the oh. machete order? Like no. Pros and cons? Did Mm-mm. we cover them all? Yes. What are your yeah, overall... If you, well, if you do machete order, so you watch four, five, one, two, three, then six, mm-hmm. and then you just go... what? In go ro- next to seven. Seven? Well, that's why I was saying where yeah. do you put Rogue One, because exactly. Rogue One would feel weird to go back to. So I'd say either start with Rogue One <laughs> or completely skip it, depending on your sensibilities, and then continue the machete order i feel like machete order is the hardest to sell especially like yeah for new now fans. that disney is here and newer fans who have liked the newer movies i feel like that one's harder yeah to... the newer like if you have no idea about star wars and you're just jumping in the machete order is going to feel even mo- like more inaccessible than watching it in release order yes. it's going to make even less sense because at least with release order you can just look at the dates they were made and watch it in that order, and you'll watch it the way that a lot of people have watched it, and you'll be fine. Um, I think Machete Order is, I think you're right, I think it is probably better for people that already know Star Wars and just want to rewatch them yeah. in a fun cinematic experience. Right, and get a sense of the story as a whole. You know? Yeah. Okay, so here's, you know, Valerie's opinion on how to watch Star Wars. I think you should start with Rogue One, because it's my favorite. But not just because it's my favorite, <laughs> but also because it's a, I feel like it's a modern, quick-paced action movie that draws you in, um, and it doesn't spoil anything for the original movies. So you watch Rogue One, and then you can watch the originals, 4, 5, and 6, and then I would watch The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and then Episode Nine coming out. And then, if you love all the characters, go back and watch Solo, because that one's fun, if you love Han and Lando then you think oh I want to see where they started and you go back and watch their story and then if you really want to get more in depth you can go back and watch one two three where you learn more about Anakin's history because I do feel like his storyline is important but it's just I don't know those movies weren't quite my favorite so maybe that would upset some people but I would put one two and three last <laughs> that's okay it's your it's your opinion that's I, I my still opinion. kind of I still kind of would and I just wanted to make sure that we're this there podcast so is options. always about being positive and I just want to retain that. And I know there's a lot of people that dislike and like the prequels out there and, and the same with the, the Disney era of stuff. And for me, it's just they're all Star Wars and they all they all have silliness to them and, and drama to them. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. If, if you become a fan of Star Wars by watching those ones, then you're probably going to want to find out more. And if you do, then you can jump to the prequels. I think that's completely valid. I do always find it fascinating when you see how a villain becomes a villain so in that sense the the prequels are a lot of fun to figure out how Anakin becomes Darth Vader because I mean as far as Luke knows when Darth Vader says I'm your father he's like what my mom fell in love with this guy with a giant mask or like <laughs> you know he doesn't know their whole story he wouldn't right. have a lot of questions man right I've never really thought about that before a lot of questions and not a lot of people to ask because Yoda kind of gives him the cold shoulder pretty much literally on his deathbed. Yoda like turns away from him and <laughs> it's kind of hard to ask a force ghost uh, things because you never know when he's going to be around. So And Obi-Wan would have known really good things, but... Well, that's what I was saying. Obi-Wan, the force ghost. Like, oh, right. You yeah. can't really I know. summon him very well. He so. would have been able to, but their time together was so short. <coughs> you don't usually jump off with, hey, let me tell you about 
your parents and that your dad's the most evil villain in the galaxy right now. Well, maybe second to Palpatine. So your recommendation is start with four. That's what you said. Or no, start, start with, Rogue, with Rogue, One. Rogue One. I think that's a great place to start. I think if you're a fan, and like I said before, if you like Rogue One, start there. I think that's a great place to start. I think if you're a newcomer, I don't know if I personally would recommend starting with Rogue One. Yeah, this um, is more like... This is how I would how watch it. How would you would watch it, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Already knowing everything. I, I'm just... I do feel like as far as recommending for newcomers, mm-hmm. I think I would suggest Force Awakens. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. I think so too. I think Force Awakens is a great place to start, especially if you're a new fan that hasn't watched a lot of old movies. And so you won't... Like, I don't want you to get into, um, you know, 1977, A New Hope and just be completely turned off because I've seen a lot of people that have done that. They've been like, I've never seen Star Wars. People keep telling me I need to. So I'm going to jump in where it started and they can't get into it. It's like the whole Doctor Who thing. They often suggest don't start with the very first Doctor Who, like start with New Who and then you'll fall in love with Doctor Who. And then if, when you're a fan, go back. And I think it's the <laughs> same kind like, of... Sound like Dr. Seuss. Start with New Who. New Who, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I think Force Awakens is actually a really good place to start if you're a newcomer. The um, only thing that would be... Maybe a little. You might not understand Kylo Ren's fascination with Darth Vader as much. But it kind of makes it interesting. It kind of makes Darth Vader it's more true. interesting. You're like, wait, why is he obsessed with Darth what Vader? What is this helmet? What's you might, his story? Yeah, you might. I think that's the only thing that would be a, maybe a little confusing. I'm trying to remember well, if they ever say Darth Vader's like name. The real problem, I don't know. Because you fall in love with Han, Luke, and Leia, like the big three, and their storylines really continue in the newest trilogy. Yeah. So I feel like that's a little, you know, sad if you miss the growth. But it would also be fun to, like, go back and look at them like an origin story like I was talking about with Solo. Yeah, you kind of make the original trilogy a prequel. Yes. But um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. I'm going to say something blasphemous right now. I love the new characters just as much as I love the old characters. Like, Well, I agree. And Well, I knew you would, but <laughs> out there to the listeners in the ether, uh, it might sound, might sound blasphemous, but... Um, you you're know, upsetting people. without any like nostalgia goggles on I, I not necessarily loving them more but um in their own unique ways i really love the new characters and so i think that the force awakens is a great place to start and like i said toward the beginning of the episode i know a lot of people that started with the force awakens and that's what got them into star wars and i think that that can't be discounted i think that's wonderful and um, i think there's a reason for that and i think it's because of you're gonna watch something a little bit more modern you're gonna get enough of the backstory of like you're going to get enough of the idea of what the Force is because um, they kind of explain it um, in The Force Awakens. And then The Last Jedi has, I think, the best explanation of the Force in the whole the whole series when Luke's talking to Rey. And so I think you get yeah. enough of, of that backstory. And then also, I think that's a like The Last Jedi is a good place to decide where you want to go next because of what like all the things Luke talks about. Like he mentions Palpatine and or he mentioned Sidious and the prequels. And if you're like, whoa, that sounds really interesting, I'm going to go watch the prequels. Or if you think, who's this Luke guy and and Han and Leia, those people sound really, those people seem really awesome. I want to know more about them. Then instead you can jump back to the original trilogy. And I think that The Last Jedi is actually a really awesome jumping off point depending on where your interests lie. I like that. And I, if you've never seen Star Wars or if you're trying to introduce somebody to Star Wars, I think it just comes down to knowing that person like if they already love old movies i think you could start them off with the original trilogy yeah. mm-hmm. and if there's somebody who likes more fast-paced movies start them off with the new ones i think it's a little bit trickier like if you're an old fan and just deciding what order you want to watch it 
And the best thing is you can do it whichever way you want to. You know what you like. You know which ones maybe you don't like as much. And you know what order is going to be most interesting. And you can try them all and decide which one's the best. Isn't that wonderful that we don't have to wait for them to come back out into theaters again? I know, right? Like Like back in the 70s. You watch the movie and then you don't get to see it again, like ever. I mean, you watch it as long as it's in theaters. Right. And then you don't get to see it again now. Yeah, ever, because they didn't even have VHSs. And then they invented home video and it's the greatest thing of all time. <laughs> I think we don't realize how, how good we have it right. as far as movie going. I mean, I now have the option, like Casey just went and saw St- Spider-Man and it's like, oh, I want to see the new Spider-Man movie, but I can watch it at home later. Like, I don't feel the need to go to a theater to do it because mm-hmm. I can rent it in a couple months. Like, no big deal. <laughs> just We take that for granted. So the ability to rewatch them multiple times and in whatever order you want and to try out different orders is really fun. Well, thanks for listening all about what order to watch Star Wars. We hope we were not too confusing. <laughs> yeah, and let us know what order you What prefer. order do you like to watch them in if you're already a fan and you're re-watching them? And what order would you recommend them to in a, to a new fan? Yeah, let us know because we are vastly interested in this and opinions differ very much on this topic. So you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at elsewhere underscore pod and uh, happy beeps. Happy beeps. <laughs>